RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. The Trek Files, Season 5, Episode 24. Thank you notes from Major Barrett Roddenberry, December 10th, 1991. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Star Trek fans, Star Trek background fans. Yes, all you canonistas, and of course, all of our lovely Trekophiles spelled with an F. Thanks for being back with us. My goodness, can you believe it? This is our fifth season finale. Now, our seasons are basically half years. But they're still stacking up, and I really want to thank you all for being with us every week. We've got a special show today. I think they're all special, but this is extremely special and a little bit emotional and reflective as well. Uh, We're going to be looking, as you see, go to our Facebook page, of course, see the document of the week. It's um, basically the, uh, the draft messages. Well, you'll see. You'll see. It's from a bittersweet time in Star Trek history. 1991 should tell you a lot, so look. Take a look at the entire document. We're going to give you a sample as usual, and then come right back for this week's very special season-ending guest. Dear Whoopi, I would like to express my gratitude for your contribution to the memorial service. Having recently watched it on video from a perspective of some time having passed, I was struck by the generosity and openness of those who spoke. I think Gene would have been charmed by your description of how he reached out from the television set and helped you realize that you had a place in this universe. That is perhaps one of the most succinct expressions of his raison d'etre that I have heard, and one of which he would have been proud. Thank you very much. Yes, this is, of course, as you figured out by now, here's Major Barrett Roddenberry's rough draft of thank you notes for all the major speakers at Gene's memorial service, um, which there was a, was at Forest Lawn uh, several days after his passing in uh, October 1991. Um, again, a part of a, a bittersweet time, a, a different lens to look at the creator of Star Trek and the first lady of Star Trek. And here as we end our fifth season, my goodness, I thought who else better to take a look at these with us and reflect on all of that and what it meant in the day and meant to him and means for us today as Star Trek fans. No one better than, of course, (laughs) friend of the show and also its executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. Rod, thanks so much for for joining us again. Hey, Larry. Thanks for for having me back. Uh, Yeah, sure. This is an interesting one. I, I... I was hoping in all the best ways, and I know there's yeah, got to be yeah. some a little bit of uh, bittersweet conjured up. It was an interesting time in your life for you. You were switching gears emotionally, well, obviously emotionally, yeah. but uh, even even what's the word structurally? Yeah, where you were in relation to the family and to Star Trek itself, and and as well as uh, knowing some of these people, you know, we've got celebrities here. It also says a lot about your dad's place in the celebrity cosmos and his legacy too. It does. It does. Yeah. No, I was 17 at the time and I was uh, in my rebellious teenager phase. And, you know, while my father and I loved each other, we, we, we were arguing and bumping heads a lot. Um, and so, uh, but this, this, you know, I credit this. I do not, I don't want to say I don't believe. I really guess I don't believe in life changing moments as in there was the one thing that happened that changed your life. Granted, there could be something catastrophic. And 
this, I think, in my life was the most catastrophic thing that had happened. It was uh, uh, something that kind of, I mean, to say at least knocked me on my ass. Um, but it was also yeah. uh, the, one of the moments where I guess everything was so raw since I had never experienced anything like this before. I, I guess for once in my life, at least to this point, I was starting to listen to people. So it was at this memorial mm. service when I started to hear people speak about my father and Star Trek, it finally sunk in on some level that you know Star Trek was more than just entertainment. Um, remember, or to this point... your dad's job. Exactly. Well, it, it, yeah. was, it was always my dad's job. And I'd watched the original series or tried to watch it. I wasn't too into it. I did watch The Next Generation, and I thought it was good, but I, I didn't get the depth of it. It was This was the beginning. This was the kickoff to me going, wait a second. There's something to the Star Trek. What All these fans... <laughs> I guess All these people. I guess they are saying something important about Star Trek. Let's 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 listen. And um, bittersweet is is uh, obviously bitter because of of losing my father. Sweet is not may not be the best word, but sweet because this is my changing point. This is where I yeah. started to truly look in, listen, appreciate, and love not just Star Trek, but my father. And and, and this is where I began to learn the most about him. And, and the legacy he created. And, and the impact. Yeah, like, and the impact, exactly. Major talking, you know, Whoopi will always talk about what it meant to her as a little girl. And she's a celebrity. Multiply that by millions, billions of people. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a legacy. So were you, here's the thing that I just realized. Were you a sci-fi fan at all? Or were you just a typical yeah. kid that well, uh, but, enjoyed all the, all the crazy wild stuff? Or were you specific? I'm asking because the Ray here in this is Ray Bradbury. Yeah. So yeah. if you're a science fiction fan at all, having Ray Bradbury speak at your memorial says something. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say no. It's the first time I've ever said no to being a sci-fi fan. I was an action fan. I mm-hmm. watched everything from Knight Rider, Dukes of Hazard, Starsky and Hutch. Um, I love Star Wars. It, but I don't think it was the sci-fi because you just made, made the point of Ray Bradbury. I had heard his name. I had never seen or read anything that he had done at this point. I, I didn't give a rat's you-know-what. Um, um, so it was no big deal. You know, uh, I, I knew Whoopi because she was a movie actress and obviously she was on Star right. Trek. I just, I just knew them because they were on TV. So I will say at this point, I was not a sci-fi fan. Even though I watched and loved plenty of sci-fi shows, I just I loved the action. Yeah. Now, um, the, the Jack that's in here, we've decided, is E. Jack Newman, who was uh, not a famous name today. He was, you look him up, he was a prolific TV writer. So, obviously, he wrote on Have Gun, Will Travel too, and many other credits. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe we'll find some documents in the files where we find a closer relationship between he and your dad. But for right now, we just assume that they were colleagues. And, obviously, he's speaking at the, at the memorial. So, he's obviously something to the family and to your mom yeah. there. I but never there had was the another name on this list. Hmm? Yeah. I never had the pleasure of, of getting to know Jack. Um, right. But, but the somebody other else on, on this list. Yeah. Right. Like uh, Christopher. You, you... Yeah. Uh, Chris Kanoff, um, he, he's a guy that actually uh, I did get to know. And he was, I believe, um, a writing buddy of my father's. Um, I, I can't remember which show they worked on or, or where they worked together. But they, they, he, he told me a great story. In fact, I, I got to interview him for the documentary I did, Trek Nation. Hmm. Right. And he told me this great story, uh, and not to do the whole thing right now, but um, my father had an idea that he wanted to pitch Chris, took him out to a Dodger game, 
And my father was pitching this idea of a dirigible that was traveling the United States, landing in town after town. It had a varied crew, and it was solving problems. And Chris says that he believes that was the genesis of Star Trek. And then he goes on to comment about how a, a home run was hit, and they both missed it because they were both into the idea. Um, but <laughs> he, was, he was a great guy. Um, he told me a lot about my father. And what I really appreciated is that he was honest about everything with my father. He... he he, he didn't pull any punches. Um, he just talked mm-hmm. about him as a person. And when I was doing this documentary, it was important to humanize my father. Um, there had been plenty of things out there already about Gene Roddenberry, the great bird of the galaxy up on the pedestal. I needed to right. know the man. And, and Chris really gave me that. And I, and I really thank him so much for doing that. Um, and as you share that story again that Chris shared, all I can think about was, wow, that would be steampunk trek. <laughs> decades before it would be yeah. it would have been a thing i had never yeah, heard it before until until he he shared that story your, which was crazy your dad being a visionary wow and then yeah. of course we've got uh, uh patrick sir patrick here mm-hmm. and michelle she's mm-hmm. thanking them um i've got a quick yeah. whoopee story too and it's more oh, modern day share. um I, I i didn't really get to know her back then uh but at uh, the 50th anniversary of star trek so just a couple of years ago um, right. She was in Vegas. She was at the convention, and she invited us to come out to her show. She did a show, like a public show, uh, sort of a comedy uh-huh. show. And she did her show, and it's usually it's more just sort of talking to the audience and, and fun anecdotes and stories and things like that. And then at the end, she does Q and A. And um, oh, but before she went on the show, we went backstage to talk to her, and she was so sweet. We had the Idic symbol, uh, the Idic necklace, the one that Spock wore. Mm-hmm. And we gave her one, and she wore it on stage when she was doing this. And someone asked her about it, and she called me out in the audience and had me come on stage and, and explain what Idik was to this whole room full of people. And she was very loving. She was so kind. And her whole, her whole, whole point of being up there was diversity and unconditional love. And so it, it just right. it fit in perfectly, and I have tremendous admiration and respect for the woman. And what a great 50th anniversary story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on top of all of that, yeah. Yeah. Great timing. Um, well, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Ray Bad- Bradbury, I, I met, I think, but I, I didn't know at all. And, of course, Patrick was always very kind to me when I was a young teenager running around set. Um, uh, he was always very kind and, and always saying, so, how are you doing? Um, and then Michelle. Now, Rod, yeah? if truth be told, you were an employee I was. Next generation. I was yes. absolutely an employee. I was. Uh, I was a. Uh, well, I was a gopher. I was a production assistant. I ran things around a lot. Um, but that was back in the day where I, I wasn't really into Star Trek. wasn't really appreciating right. the job. Right. I wanted to have fun during summer and not work. And uh, you know, every time I say yeah, this, I hear people in the audience saying, oh, "What a spoiled." And that's part of my language, and and that's partially true. Um, but you know, I have I have come out of it since on some level. Um, like you're the you're the first producer's son in history to ever be working on right. the show. But at least right. but it was. You were a PA, you were a gopher. Yep. I did 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 people No, it, it's not like Gene or anyone else said treat that kid with deference. I mean, you got your share of the shit, right? To throw it right back at you. Uh yeah, of course. I mean, everyone knew I was the producer's son. So, I mean, of course everyone was nice to me. <laughs> I I I'm, I think there were a lot of genuine people who were nice to me because I wasn't such a bad guy and I was a yeah. fun kid yeah. and 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 somewhat I guess okay to hang out with, but uh but they also knew I was the producer's son, so I think um uh, you, you never really know. Um yeah. now but that Michelle, was all of what? 6 months, 3 months? No, I did it for a couple summers. You're right. It was like a month or two 
for I think three or four summers. Oh, okay. So totally was a summer a kid in a summer job. Absolutely. Who happens to be the who, the who got the, the job boss. because his, well his father <laughs> created and is running the show. Um, right. uh, and then Nichelle has always just been an absolute uh, love. Um, she, I can't tell you how many times I've been at an event uh, since my father's passed away. And the cast will be on stage, the TOS cast, or who's ever part of that event will be there. And she'll look down in the audience, and then she'll reach out, and she'll say, you come up here, you're part of this too. You come up here, you're part of this too. First, I mean, it truthfully felt really weird to go up there with them. But she always looked out for me and always made me feel accepted and always was loving. So um, I truly love her dearly. Um, biggest heart. She has one of the biggest hearts out of any mm-hmm. of the cast members I know. Mm. Yeah. Well, again, here's a thank you. It's a thank you note for the people who spoke yeah. from a very pivotal time. Um, yeah. I can't mom, imagine what my mother was going through writing this, though. I mean, I was going through my own thing, but, you know, here she was. She, you know, not only is writing... This is only five, six weeks later Yeah. from the funeral. I mean, he, it was, I want to say it was the 21st of October when he passed, but... Um, and so, she's, you know, and then the memorial days later. Yeah, and she's pulling out excerpts from what they were saying. I mean, she did her homework. She, mm-hmm. uh, on the day, I don't, you know, I don't know what her sense was. Clearly, it was sadness, but I don't know if she was really paying attention or just grieving. Um, but these are very well thought out letters thanking these people for mm-hmm. speaking on behalf of my father or speaking about my father. And uh, each one of them has an excerpt from what they said. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just, again, impressed with the time she took to genuinely, I, I read these as very genuine, genuinely mm-hmm. thank them for their thoughts. Um, well, and we've seen in some past episodes, she was, you know, she had, she had staff, she had help. Yeah. You know, but, I, but your mom did do, and you could, t- you could tell when she, uh, fans knew that, when she would be out at public events or at conventions and she's on stage. Yeah. Those years after, like you said before once, um, she went from being the, 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 the woman of the house mm-hmm. who ran the household, mm-hmm. the Gene Roddenberry household, to being the lone star yeah. of, the, of the, uh, the legacy of Star Trek and filling in for his shoes and taking on that role. I think you were saying the last time you visited, not so much taking it on as a, as a duty that had to be born, but putting a part of her aside yeah. to be able to take that mantle on because of what she knew it meant for the fans and for for her legacy and that, and let me let me ask you about something here what was your yeah you were the rebellious teenager came back to help you you kind of started to get it and you talk about that journey in trek nation which is a wonderful documentary and right, i know right. you you la- you labored over it with what the vision was and the people <laughs> working on it but it did come out finally and it's a it's a wonderful testament there and it's a wonderful snapshot in a lot of people's thoughts but what about your own personal journey to your place now in yeah. the family business uh, you know, I, I and, and and transitioning as your mother's health went, her health went down, yeah. and you taking on more of that. Yeah, you know, it it really helped that I. I'll start by saying I became a genuine fan. Um, except, as I said in one of our other shows, I wasn't so much a fan of the science fiction. I was a fan of the philosophy, and I I truly felt something within me. I mean, not to be to be cosmic about it, but I, I believe in that future. Like, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all the ideologies in Star Trek, it makes perfect sense that this is the only way that we are going to survive. 
is to start to learn to crave the diversity and no longer fear it. And the fact that that resonated so well with me made this a very easy transition. I found my mm. purpose in a way. And I do consider it my purpose. As I said in an earlier show, I feel that, and you just said it, my mom had to put a bit of herself aside, which I think she did have mm -hmm. to do to take it on. This is 100% my identity. Um, I am not putting anything aside. I am so proud. I believe in it so much. Um, it, it, is, it is who I am. I love this future. Now, I'm not saying I'm that good of a person and I can behave that ethically every day. I'm just saying I, 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 it resonates right. with me beautifully. Well, um, the same true with your dad and your mom both. They were human beings. Yeah. And the risk of the people that, you know, the guruification or the deification, putting them on a pedestal, I think sure. you said. Yeah. Um, and pe there are a lot of people that gleefully can point out their flaws. They can, yep. I, they can point out my flaws very easily, too, and yours. Oh, yeah. But... All that aside, we are all humans, but we all do accomplish things. And as, as witness this guest list, you know, uh, affecting so many people. And there's, you know, Whoopi and Christopher here, and jo they're all speaking for so many people that aren't there at the podium. Right. Uh, when you think about that. But that was, I, 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 met, I met you a couple of times at some of your mom's parties in the later years when she was still giving, you know, the two or three big parties a year. And then watching you on this on your own road there this is making me sound like i'm 147 <laughs> but <laughs> but watching you come back and take on that mantle um, in my starting own way with, you know i way. wasn't there but i saw the pictures and i didn't realize it but even your dad's last convention when he was in the wheelchair yeah and you taking him out um here in los angeles i guess 19 uh, well that was uh, 91 also i think yeah yeah that was just a few months before he yep. passed um, but realizing that that in you know that was kind of a start, I, I don't know what you if, do. You remember that day? I do. Even? I remember that day uh, uh, very well. Um, and uh, you know, I, I definitely felt nervous, and I didn't know. I didn't. You know, I felt pushed into it. You know, last minute to wheel him out, mm. and I didn't sort of know what I was doing out there. And it was my first time standing yeah. in front of, you know, a huge auditorium with thousands of people. So. Obviously, in my mind, it was about me right then, not fully grasping. I think it was right. the 25th anniversary and, you know, again, people probably think I'm an idiot for saying this, but, you know, still having no really real concept as to the immensity, the enormity of, of Star Trek and it being around for 25 years and its creator out on stage and all these adoring fans who don't just love it because it's great science fiction. They love it because it means something to them. I didn't understand any of that. And on top of that, you knew it, but you were close to him. I'm thinking a lot of those people live gasped when he came out in a wheelchair. Yeah. Because people didn't, they had, they had kind of kept it hidden from people. Yeah. And it kind of burst on the consciousness of all of Trek fan lovingly for everything, it, for, on 25 years, on this emotional anniversary of joy that, oh my God. I mean, on top of all that, here's this lightning bolt of, oh my, is that Gene? He's yeah. in a wheelchair. Oh my, yeah. You know, what a, what, a, what a whipsaw there. And then here's you. You were all long-haired, hippie, yep, <laughs> rad, yep. mullet-looking rod there. Um, yeah, totally oblivious to that in your own world, but right on the cusp of everything about to change. Yeah, everything about I, to I, change. Uh, it was, it was kind of crazy. Well, wow. you know, there's, there's just something else I want to add on to this. You know, this, sure. um, this is, that was the 25th anniversary back in 1991. Um, it... In, it's 2020 right now, and next year will be 2021. It'll be my father's 100th anniversary. 
he if he had lived, he would be a hundred years over next year mm -hmm. of his birth. And so the Gene Roddenberry centennial. Exactly. Next year. So we're looking That's forward to celebrating that in a number of ways yeah. next year, um, and and to look at his life and uh, how much has changed from wow. I guess 1921 to 2021. <laughs> And, and in what small ways he might have had even a hand in that. I believe so. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for, thanks. I had thought of that a few months ago, but thanks for putting that back here kind of on the radar, on the long range scan of everyone, uh, Rod. And I look forward to, um, I look forward to hearing all about what's in the planning stages and, you know, doing my part and doing our part here to, uh, you guys to always do. support that. You guys are doing awesome with the show. I love it. <laughs> and so many documents <laughs> I that I've never read that you guys read that are just awesome when you guys talk about it. Once again, the way you pick things, pick things apart, but look at them from different points of view, uh, I, and the context of when they were written and why they were written uh, is, is more than anything I could have asked for in the show. So I, I absolutely love it. Well, I once again, I thank you. I'm a big believer. I love history, but I realize that for so many people, history is just names and dates and dusty things that some teacher told them to go memorize and right. have a test over. And I think a lot of what's going on in the world shows that far too many people, that's all history was to them. That's a good point. And, you know, I have a lot of heroes, too, and Will Rogers is one of them. And one of the things I love about that is, like everything we're talking about here, not, very few things in life happen totally new. We have been through a lot of things before people just aren't aware of it. And, and it's, it's like FDR said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And ignorance, not stupidity ignorance, but just unawareness yeah. of things. If we knew more about our own past, we would be better braced for living today. And um, whether it's really an aid to day-to-day -day life or it's just in our recreational fandom, I believe, you know, that's, that's what's great about the Trek Files. We always try to make things relevant. And um, yeah. I believe you've done a great job of helping us do that here in your visits. So again, Rod, thanks. Thanks again. And we look forward to Gene's centennial next year. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Take care. Live long and prosper, thanks. everyone. The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Thank goodness. Executive producer, Rod Roddenberry. You're right here. That, hey, that is you. <laughs> all documents, all of our documents, and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Now, for more great podcasts, check out podcasts.roddenberry.com. And for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek and Portal 47. Now, that's me at larrynimacek.com. Trek well, everybody, and we'll see you next season. Podcast.roddenberry.com, the Roddenberry Podcast Network.